Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. This was an exciting week. Um, the two- <laughs> sure, you could say exciting, sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This was, an, this was an exciting and at times intense week. Uh, but without getting too much into the, uh, I guess, attempted coup, um, mm-hmm. uh, let's discuss what happened in Georgia. The two Senate runoff races uh, that Democrats won. Uh, Raphael Warnock and um, uh, John Ossoff are now the two senators elect from Georgia. Both so, very uh, attractive. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I, I, I I've been having conversations first, about that. <laughs> first things first, John Ossoff is jerk offable good looking. Oh my god, and I'm I'm not going to lie that I haven't already. I mean, it's <laughs> well, just I'm, it's, I'm not surprised to hear it. Uh it's just very cute. He's yeah. very cute and Jewish and just like he just and, you just want to and he knows Hollywood so he like he, he gets us, you know what I mean? And you know what the crazy thing is like good looking politicians get people engaged in the in the process like for instance, Elliot told me ever since John Ossoff won, he's been <laughs> watching C-SPAN with nipple clamps on. Yeah. I mean, truly. Yeah. He's unhinged, yeah. but regardless, um, it was an exciting, it's, it was really exciting. It kind of officially turns the state of Georgia purple, I think. I, it, it wasn't a fluke, does, doesn't seem like it was a, a sheer fluke that and Joe Biden won. We can thank Stacey Abrams for that. We can stay, thank Stacey thank Abrams you, Stacey. for that. But let's also talk about like the relevance to gay rights uh, mm-hmm. of, of these two senators winning, which now of course means that the Democrats have a, it, it's a 50-50 split and because we, we are, Mm-hmm. We have a Democratic president. That means we are now in the majority. Um, so let's talk about what that means for, for yeah. gay rights. And stuff. I mean, I think one thing I do want to just acknowledge, because I feel like we'd be remiss not to acknowledge what happened last Tuesday on the same day as, the, or Wednesday, on the same day right. as we got the news about Georgia, the exciting news that we've retaken the Senate. And I do think it's it's healthy to focus on the positive of what what can come from, you know, these horrible events that happen when people storm the Capitol and, and terrorized it, um, terrorist terrorize the Capitol, mm-hmm. that that on the same day, something good actually came. And I was, yeah, it, it was kind of like a hopeful, there was a hopeful part of me, but I also was really depressed by the state of things. You know what I mean? Like it was, like like a, it was really, really upsetting. Some real whiplash that day, emotional and whiplash. Seeing all of the the anti-Semitic and like all the treatment of the cops on on or the treatment that the cops did to not doing anything to a lot of these protesters and having no arrests made in the comparison to the what they did do, what cops did do against Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was a gross day and yeah. I did love the glimmer of hope that came from Georgia in response yeah. to that grossness. Um, but mm-hmm. I do think we should acknowledge that the grossness of that yeah. day and how horrible it was. Uh, that said, we got the Senate back, which means yeah. we're probably going to get a stimulus check. Give me your money. And then <laughs> yeah, we're right. also probably going to get some unemployment benefit, which is amazing because mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm, I'm not on, on unemployment, but Michael is. And like, and a, like a lot of Americans are, and uh-huh. and they're getting by on sometimes next to nothing. I mean, weeks go by sometimes where there's glitches I, in the system, and like there's so much fucked with it. And it's like we just need 
someone in there that's going to help people. It's it's my belief that I think there wouldn't be such a strong contingent of anti-maskers and people who resent the lockdown Mm -hmm. if we were subsidizing people's uh, incomes better. Like if people, you know, who understandably are mad because they cannot work right now, whether it's justified or not, which of course, you know, I think it's justified under, uh, you know, uh, uh, I obviously think it's justified, but it's like, yeah, that's, it's not insignificant that people can mm-hmm. all of a sudden have genuinely worry about feeding their families and like just paying the rent and stuff. Yeah. And so, and, I, and, and it impacts queer people. The- I mean, I just, to, just to, just to sort of loop that around a little bit, like queer people in particular are a huge part of the gig based economy and the gig based right. economy was such a huge part that was impacted by the coronavirus pandemic because they absolutely have no options to work from home there is no alternative for them they're working in retail they're working in entertainment they're doing these things that hinder yeah. on being there live in person and that's not a possibility now and so for queer Americans, this is actually a really, really, really hopeful sign that they might get some support coming really soon. And that's a great thing. Yeah. Do you think that this will impact rights, uh, like gay rights in a particular way, or specifically for like trans people after being a, under attack by the Trump administration? You know, so I think, uh, well, obviously, you know, uh, Democrats, you know, needless to say at this point, tend to skew towards, you know, being pro-gay rights. Republicans not always are opposed, but generally mm-hmm. speaking are. I think the the most significance it'll, it'll make is it, it'll be easier for Biden to, you know, nominate, um, you know, nominate mm-hmm. and get his cabinet approved by the Senate, yeah. um, confirmed, I should say, by the Senate. And uh, you know, the people he's nominated so far aren't you know, super left wing. There weren't a ton of controversial mm-hmm. figures. So I don't think it would have been profoundly difficult, even with a Republican Senate. Uh, they probably would have chosen a few people to 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 kind of beat down. But like, yeah, I think it's I think it's really good to have a Democratic Senate that will be able to get uh, uh, judges confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps like if there's a Supreme Court vacancy this year or soon, it would uh, certainly be easier um to to confirm a you know a progressive candidate as opposed to sort of like a moderate or something so i think you know i think on the margins it makes a really big difference i also think that's great that it has i mean the most sort of tangible change that we can see coming both from the biden administration but also the having having a majority in both the house and the senate is that you know obamacare needs to be expanded in lots of different ways and there needs to be some gender affirming practices put in place to healthcare, and and right now a lot of trans americans suffer from discriminatory based healthcare policies that even exist within obamacare as it is and so mm-hmm. having a more progressive or at least a more understanding majority in all factors of the government yeah. is going to lead to those changes in addition it's going to lead to sort of changing back to the obama rules of a lot of the systematic you know transphobic policies that the Trump administration put in silently sort of like under the radar and they would left and right do things with trans in the military and trans identity and different sort of government uh, jobs. And so, so I do think that we're going to see a lot. I think the era of trans rights is the new era of queer rights. I want to say that because I think Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting into a, a territory where we, we as queer people have attained in many respects, many rights that, we then now need to take the work that we've done and the, all the things that we've accomplished and actually push for trans Americans, particularly trans Americans, people of color rights 
in all factors in healthcare mm-hmm. and and I mean there just there are so many directions we need to go and I think this democratic majority will get us there I hope yeah yeah it'll, cer- it'll certainly be a warmer a warmer room <laughs> yeah yeah they'll be invited uh-huh. in but also like you know when you are in the majority you can control whether things come up for debate or mm-hmm. or like for instance you know the reason Mitch McConnell was able to block you know the Senate confirmation of uh, Merrick Garland Obama's Supreme Court nominee to fill Scalia's seat. The reason they were able to kind of shove Amy Coney Barrett through so quickly is because they were in the majority. So, um, you know, so it's nice to have the tables turned and have a little bit more control in that sense. Yeah, it's super exciting. Is there a rumored position for uh, Pete Buttigieg? Well, he's in the cabinet. He's the Secretary of Transportation, right? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Oh, he got it. Oh. Yeah. He's the first openly gay secretary. We have. I mean, Trump supporters have sort of questioned that because Trump supported or in, uh, appointed someone. I think. Yeah. I forget the position, but it wasn't. It, was it wasn't Senate cabinet level, right, and right. it wasn't Senate confirmed. Yeah. So people right. just. It was, it was Jim J. Bullock, Representative Jim yeah, J. Yeah, Bullock. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I would support him. I would fully support <laughs> Jim J. Bullock. Well, anyway, it's it's it sounds like it's celebratory news all around, despite mm-hmm. a, a harrowing, <laughs> a harrowing yeah. week, a, har- a harrowing couple hours. That's right. Yeah. 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 And by okay, next yeah. week, the president might be. By the time we this is will be. aired, will be, will be, yeah, Trump it's... will be impeached. Well, we don't know about that. <laughs> we don't know about that. But yes, we do but know that Biden be, will be president in in a number be out of days. Out of office on January twentieth, no matter yeah. what. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Rest in rest in power. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but not on Twitter. Not even I'm so excited about our guest. I'm excited about every guest, but I do particularly love this guest as mm-hmm. well. I love all our guests. Guys, we have Cameron Esposito here today. Welcome, hey, Cameron. Cameron. Hi, Cameron. Rank the guests. Rank <laughs> all the guests. I can't rank. I see, because I feel like I say I'm excited about every guest, which I am because I'm excited to talk to people. But yeah, we, we all have a history with you, so we actually That's know right. you very, very well. Oh, yeah, that is honestly, what a fucking relief. You know, yeah, right. To take any amount of pressure off right now in a right. pandemic. Right. Just any relief that can come. And any any relief is is welcomed relief. I'm, I mean, we're all tired of doing podcasts with strangers. Thank God we finally have some friends on. <laughs> I'm tired of doing podcasts of over Zoom. I want to see people again. I want to be in the same room. I know. I know. I want to. I want to touch. I want to feel. Elliot wants to penetrate. Like That's he's true. like I do. We That's want true. that level of intimacy again. <laughs> Wait. So and- Cameron, speaking of podcasts, you have Query, and how have you transitioned? Like doing the podcast over zoom like how has that been for you honestly god bless the people that work with me on that show i um i had a book come out the first week of the pandemic mm-hmm. and um had had a book tour i was supposed to go on and i canceled all of those tour dates and i then rebooked them all as like zoom tour dates but we're also used to this now like it is very easy to forget that week one of the pandemic, I was telling people to come to like an internet space and it felt mm-hmm. so wild. Everybody was yeah. shocked to be there. Also, I didn't yeah. notice that like privacy controls. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the early events, I think there were like 500 queers in their homes surrounded by their dogs <laughs> and just- just Maybe a cat huge, or two, yeah. Yeah, huge heavy hitting guests on the, you know, 
Roxane Gay or like Sadie Jones was on that mm-hmm. one. I can't remember which one. And anyway, the most hardcore pornography that I've ever seen. <gasps> oh, people like jerking off on the Zoom or something? Was no. screen shared by a Zoom bomber. Like the most, such hardcore pornography that <laughs> wow. my reaction was I slammed my laptop shut. Oh, Jeffrey yeah. Turner. Which is not yeah, right. the way that, but then I like had to open it. I had to cancel like the, the meeting and then rejoin. But it was like, oh, wow. all of this was, what nobody was prepared for this. Nobody was talking about, there were not New York Times no. article. Like I thought I had pushed yeah. some button on like, and was right. suddenly broadcasting thing that something that was f- apparently from my own heart, like written on my yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> like, right. I don't know if you've ever seen pornography where poop Yes. Goes into asses. I've seen it. But that's oh, what no. happened on sure. this video. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah. I've heard anyway, of that, but I've, I actually I went seen to it a myself. I went to a mixer once Whoa. in New York City where they, someone talked about freezing the poo and using it as a dildo. Oh, yeah. oh no. Okay. Well, Whoa. that's I think what I watched, and yeah. Yeah. Um, it was startling. Like it just was startling because also we were having <laughs> you know a heady intellectual yeah. discussion. So you want anyway, a warning about what, that if Roxine Gay is on, you don't want the yeah, poo. Yeah. Like just a quick. <laughs> Not, so not, quick. not, not that our listeners are dying for us to delve into scat, but I will say this real <laughs> quick. Uh, I, I have a good friend who is into scat, and he said that the he had never been into it until he was like in his later years. He's a little older, mm-hmm. and um, and he said he watched his favorite porn star made a video where he this this guy went to the bathroom, <laughs> mm-hmm. he yes. froze it, and then and then did stuff with that and. All of a sudden, my friend was like, it was like this door was opened to me. <laughs> it's always just kind of blown me the away. Back door. Like, <laughs> right. It was just, you're just like, wow. Like, it's so funny that you're like, that's what did it for you. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Obviously, you know, that's, a, I guess, a, a gateway to, to scat, I suppose. But mm-hmm. it still just kind of blows me away. Anyway. Well, it's a true, you know, it's a true dream that we live in a world where people can find what they love. Yeah, they you love know, and that's what right. I want for everybody. Right. At and least I don't they're want, happy. I don't want to shit on anybody's dream, as it <laughs> right. were. Oh. I just will say that it was a startling change of pace at this particular event. Yeah. And anyway, so I just tell you that story because I learned like on the fly some like pretty dirty mm-hmm. uh, ways to set up zoom or like use a yeah. computer yeah. and i have learned nothing since then yeah. so yeah. the poor people that work with me had to mail me a microphone and then yeah. set up a zoom with me where then i just plugged it in yeah 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 like that's For, all that happened god bless just them. two people had to watch me plug a do you remember though at the beginning of the pandemic when we all were learning this technology and figuring out what to do and on instagram which you know that's where so many of us live our lives right now uh, that everyone was doing some kind of IG live something, a show or a chat or, and it yeah. was like, we were bombarded. It was like every notification was someone was going live and it was almost beginning to be a joke. It was like enough with the lives people like yeah. just film a video and call it a day. Right. Yeah, I don't also, need to see you raking your leaves. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Cam. I'm going to say a shocking thing that I would really, I would like really like to hear everybody's experience, but I'm at the point in my life and also in the pandemic where I'm spending like almost no time on social media. Oh, oh for you. That's the opposite oh for me. Is that what's, what's happening? Oh. Tell me what it's like. What's going on out there? Wait, wait, wait. How does, it make you, how does that make you feel? Does it, how does it make you feel? I feel so much better. Mm. I bet. Why? I feel Why? So much Why better. do you feel better? 
I feel like we're well, having an Ariana okay, Huffington feel... sleep conversation here. I love that. Like, <laughs> tell us, tell us yeah, why right, you gave right. up social media. <laughs> so the last few years of my life have been um, a like gradually under a gr- gradual understanding that I deal with severe anxiety. Mm-hmm. When you're as anxious as I am and have been for your entire life, mm-hmm. I like had no idea I was anxious because I yeah. just was like a fucking nervous mm. wreck all the time. Yeah. One of the things that has made me feel calm for a very long time is performing because it like slows everything down. I mean, it's, I, I would actually say that it's even like a mind altering substance for me because mm-hmm. it does release the chemicals that um, are in line with essentially like some addictive behaviors. So mm-hmm. anyway, one live performance went away. I mm. just found that like, I had no way of calming myself down. I mm-hmm. just was, I had been using that for 15 to 20 years yeah. for yeah. that thing. Like, and I, and it just uh, was no longer available to me. So I've been trying, I've been attempting to stay alive, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. not like turn into a spot of dust. And um, <laughs> one thing has been trying to really restrict my social media. I mm. do miss like positive interaction with people, but I find that like so much of what I was getting was other people correcting me, other people mm-hmm. correcting others. And mm-hmm. just like this sort of vacuum of feeling that like everything had to be the best possible joke. Yeah. Like the competition <laughs> of that, that that was like, I, I truly felt like, I just felt like nothing, oh, nothing will interrupt this for some people. Like mm-hmm. anything can happen. Mm-hmm. And for some folks, the the mechanism of like joking around about it still works. And I just felt like, yo dog, I'm actually like straight up, I'm like, yeah, I'm like good to take a powder on this one. Like I'm chill yeah. to like sit out and just be like, yeah. fuck. You know? You know, and I, it was nice uh, to get away from that. I, I, I've cut out Facebook c- completely from my life. And I phased out Twitter. And one thing I've noticed about Twitter is that I don't know how to get rid of the the hashtag feed of like on the side of your screen. I basically just use it for like porn stars now, like people who have OnlyFans. So I'll log into Twitter to like see like OnlyFan like previews. And then on the right hand side, you see like what's trending. And I am someone who knows a lot about politics. I read it all day. So I know what's going on. And yet the way Twitter approaches the news articles I already know about, mm-hmm. and it gives me more anxiety than when I read it on the New York Times. And that's something that I've really been like, I can't, I can't, I can't sustain that over time. Obviously, hopefully things will settle down soon, but like, mm-hmm. I can't sustain that long term. And I actually figured out a way to like block it, but like with my messages, mm-hmm. but like, it's really destructive. Sorry, go ahead, Alan. Oh, I didn't, I mean, I, oh. I'm, I'm the opposite in that like, I find, and I've always been one to like love social, even when I was, when we were able to perform and do things and be out there, even then I always found like finding creative ways to perform on social media and connect with people was always sort of my gig. It was always sort of something that really Mm -hmm. interested me because I actually hate being in, in a room with people. Like I don't, like most of the time, if I'm at a show, I don't like talking to people. Like I, I I tend to just want to be on the stage and move on, but you kind of have to socialize at at shows. And so that always kind of made me uncomfortable so like for me the digital experience of performing is actually kind of great but Uh, i'm at the point of the pandemic now where like like this thing that i why i look ridiculous today in half makeup the thing that we're filming i and i would normally just go to a show and do it and then 
someone would film me or I'd have someone film me. And that's what I would use to do this thing that I need to do. And I can't do that anymore because it's just not an option. So I have to turn my apartment into a theater. And it's like Mm -hmm. this weird, but I mean, but I love that we're creatives and that we think like that. Like we think of like, well, okay, that's what we have to do. I have to turn my apartment into a theater then. And it's like, no normal person does that. Mm -hmm. Cameron, are you happier? Are you less anxious? Yeah. Yeah. I am. I am. (laughs) I am. By a lot. Yeah. It's like a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I it's still nice to like go on and I try to say nice things mm-hmm. to friends. And like to I also yeah. just try to say nice things to other comics. Oh, well tell Nothing us something nice about why? Why would you do with that? With the comedy community worse than me coming in and I just give people a bunch of compliments wow. that are truly meant. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's wild. How do people yeah. react? <laughs> It's actually been sweet. I like oh, feel like nice. I've developed some nice um, camaraderie with folks that I felt pretty competitive bef- with before, which mm-hmm. is something I was bringing to the table. Yeah. Like if, if you're like on the thing and fucking hating the people around you, like dip out for a second and like yeah. see if you can actually like Recharge. them mm-hmm. when it's not a yeah. constant um, barrage. And that has yeah. really worked for me. Yeah. I've been having like a wild pandemic. Really? I mean, really? Yeah, what what yeah. what what else has been wild? Um I mean a couple I mean definitely a couple things. Like my girlfriend had covid very early. Oh, wow. Right. And that was pretty wild because mm-hmm. we were like in separate rooms and couldn't see anybody or couldn't mm. con- connect with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for like <clears throat> 2 months pretty much. Um, so that was fascinating uh, to see like how uh, to do that. She was like really sick yeah. for a very long time. Um, wow. And then after that, I was supposed to go, um, like I was supposed to go for my book tour to yeah. an off-Broadway run to Edinburgh and all of that was canceled. So I just had all this time in my schedule. And mm-hmm. so I started taking divinity school classes oh yeah oh, that's right. we right. just don't know what's gonna happen i wanted us. to talk to you about right. that actually because you started <laughs> it at boston college right you studied theology yeah so it's yeah. kind of like a full circle thing for yeah. you divinity class i mean you're this what is, is some what is divi- what does that mean oh so divinity school like you get your master's in divinity if you're gonna be um like a minister or priest yeah. or you know oh. whatever the word is that or uh some rabbis get it depending yeah, on yeah, yeah yeah so when when do you think you'll officially become a republican what is <laughs> what's your timeline for that i am telling you mm. it's uh soon i mean actually but i started as a republican so wait were you original were you republican years ago Oh, um, I don't think I knew that. I could vote. I voted for George W. Bush. No, a man whose no! hand I shook when no! I went to go watch him do a speech no! after he attended a debate in Boston. No! As a member of the Campus Republicans, I went. Wow! Oh my God! Yeah. Were you out? Were you out? I had no idea what was going on no idea. with okay. me or anything else. You know, sure. so it just was a situation where, like, it. It's maybe some people now are having the same experience. I don't know, but I will say growing up, like I was indoctrinated with faith in a specific way where like the Catholic church told me we have a leftist side of the church mm-hmm. called liberation theology. Mm-hmm. It's like the, po- it's the, the priests that like overthrow governments in South mm-hmm. and Central America. 
And that is part of the schooling that I had in high school and then in college were these like radical priests and nuns and people like I went to protests with Mm -hmm. nuns, Mm -hmm. you know, anyway. So just to say there was a real overlap of like, the, you know, the way that the Republican Party makes no sense because they're like, we're the party of life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which means killing Family. black people. Like the way mm-hmm. that that means no, makes no sense. That was exactly how it was presented to me. Like abortion is the number one, mm-hmm. like worst evil on the planet. And like, yeah. we're doing the most about it, you know, kind of a thing. And mm-hmm. so I just thought like, like I'm pretty outspoken about yeah. politics and other things. You all yeah. know me. I'm pretty yeah. outspoken about things. Yeah. You got a like, thing or two I, to say. Yeah, yeah you I love George Bush. Bush. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just that there was a time in my life where like I really thought that the radical work was being done uh, by a completely different set of people. Sure. Right. <laughs> Did, wait, have you ever uh, protested outside of like an abortion clinic? No, not those kind of protests, but... Okay. Um, <laughs> I went to a military school that is mm-hmm. in Georgia that trains oh. paramilitary forces in South wow. and Central America. You are, the, I mean, you are butch. <laughs> <laughs> like a, I didn't go a... to it. I mean, I protested is what I'm saying. I right. protested. Oh, right. Don't oh. train paramilitary forces. I mean, I even said, protesting me and a that's bunch a of thing. nuns. Even yeah, protesting a at a military thing is so butch and it's like hot. It's like just hot. Like it is just, it's Rachel Maddow, like let's go and let's do things hot. You know what I mean? So let me ask you, what was it like? You had a girlfriend really early on who had COVID. So you kind of Mm. experienced it firsthand uh, at an early stage. Like did that sort of like, did it actually make you less anxious? Did it make you more anxious as sort of everything has unfolded over time? Um, Well, very early in my relation in our relationship, my relationship with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. she um, like I was like just at the very beginning of going through a divorce, and I was like mm-hmm. just starting to see somebody, and it felt very like, um, you know, I was like my like the t- like the tiniest bit of my toe was being mm-hmm. like put back into the world, and yeah. um, Katie and is tingly. my girlfriend's name. She, yeah, she <laughs> lived in New York at the time and she came to LA to visit me and she got super duper sick and she had to be hospitalized here. Oh, and then um, sure. yeah. had to like stay for a while cause she couldn't fly. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so I think that when, anyway, just so you know, I was losing my mind. That yeah. is, I would not, for anybody that's in that part of the like, like I was bleaching my hair bright white. You know, if you're mm. in that part of like the divorce, like if you're mm-hmm. like, if you're in mm-hmm. the place where you're like the new hair, find yeah. new hobbies mm-hmm. that you yeah. think are going to be lifelong, like that's a yeah. tough time mm-hmm. to like have somebody almost die yeah. that you're mm-hmm. that you're that yeah. you are that you are that you are seeing in yeah. your home casually. in your home as well. Yes. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> yes. she was in your home for a while too. So like that's, yeah, it was that's pretty intense. Additionally intense. Um, so anyway, when she, when she got sick again, when she had sick with, with COVID, I think it was more so just like realizing, well, first of all, I was terrified for her, but also realizing how wild that first thing had been too. Mm -hmm. Cause sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of a really intense moment and you just think like head down, we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. This feels normal. Mm -hmm. 
but it's not normal at all. No, mm-hmm. it's a trauma yeah. thing. It's almost like you don't experience it until you're act- outside of the trauma so that you can actually recognize what you needed to experience. It's like that weird connection where when you're going through it, you can't see it. And then yeah. after something gives you perspective, you're like, oh, fuck, I'm still dealing with that while yeah. I'm doing this new thing. And it's 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 a it's a wild it's wild, but you know what? Through years of therapy, I've been able to recognize it as a good thing. Mm. Yeah, I prefer to just push things down, Alan, but that's fine. Yeah, you, yeah, you do yeah, you. Yeah. Tomato, you tomato. You. Tomato, right. tomato. So that, that, that's, that's an intense experience to have, Cameron. How's your relationship now? Oh, it's really, it's good. It's good. She has um, an autoimmune disease. So she, has a, she just has a suppressed immune system. So right. it's like not... It's not surprising that these things happened, but it is shocking. Yeah, um, of course. And yeah. also our life has like kind of nothing to do with that outside, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. But so do you think in going through divinity school, which I, I, I love and I'm obsessed with, like, I think like there needs to be more conversations about queer people and like faith, not necessarily religion, but like faith mm-hmm. and spirituality. I think there needs to be more of those conversations because I think queer people are uniquely qualified to like, have conversations about evolving ideas of faith. You know what I mean? Cause like we have to evolve, we've had to evolve to live in a society where we're like a minority. And so like you have to, and, and, I, and I think queer people of faith do it in a sort of a really interesting way, communicate how we're faithful and how we use spirituality to sort of get through life. And I think it's, I think it's wonderful that you're doing that. So are you gonna be like, like how are you balancing comedy and like faith and like do your divinity work? Because those things don't often go together unless you're like (laughs) I mean yeah you know what I mean you know what I mean like like that group of people can sometimes be very sensitive to how we comedians communicate things if you know what I mean well I actually so I agree with what you're saying about the like interesting to see faith explorations Mm -hmm. I think that's part of the reason that like queerness right now is so into astrology Mm -hmm. and why it was so fucked that J.K. Rowling is a, to find out that she's like a complete piece of shit on mm-hmm. trans issues because it's like we didn't yeah. we don't have very much in um, organized religion and so anything where we can find spirituality I think we are there in spades mm-hmm. but I also think it's really important that we understand organized religion because it is the thing used to back up are being treated like shit mm-hmm. there isn't really an equivalent outside of because now there there are a zillion different types of people who have experiences where they're marginalized but to be marginalized in the name of one thing like that mm-hmm. it's always faith there isn't really another equivalent to that and i think that if we don't know what's going on and what people are actually talking about Mm-hmm. then um, conversations can be had that are stupid mm-hmm. and there's nobody there to rebut yeah. them. Yeah. Like the Bible actually doesn't give a shit about us. So right. it doesn't care. We, should, they, they, no, we should have the no knowledge one. that that's true so that we, so yeah. that we can not let other people say that it is. Mm-hmm. It's wild to think how, how much the Bible has become a filter through which people can see us mm-hmm. as the enemy. And yet it feels like we're just not in there that much anyway. 
Yeah. But I mean, is, isn't the problem that like, it's all about interpretation. I mean, you know, everyone can scream on, on a mountain all day long that like, we, you know, uh, it's only certain interpretations of passages of the old Testament that can be twisted into, into being really virulently anti-gay, but like, mm -hmm. That's that's the problem. Is it you know everyone has their own interpretations, and like I think that's where it gets difficult because people they want they seek out the kind of you know religious expression I think that you know uh, reinforces their preconceived notions about people. Yeah, which then makes it not an expression. It makes it a preconceived notion. Like sure. it's not it's not something that you are able to express in different ways or have your own interpretation of. It becomes sort of like a, a doctrine, and it, it's that's what that's where things get fucked up. Yeah. Go ahead, Cameron. Oh, I just think it's, I also, I also think it's, you're right. I mean, you're, you're completely right. Anybody can glean anything they want to by, by like taking two random Bible verses and pulling them out. Like, like everything is in there right, or right, anything right. you want to say is in there, is in there. But I was more concerned, not concerned, interested in like, what do scholars mm -hmm. actually say is mm -hmm. in there? I mean, to me, that's interesting the same way that like, like when you when you really love a property and then you like see it made into a film and you're like oh that's the thing uh -huh. from the <laughs> you know like it's it's the opposite of that it's like really looking at like yeah. what yeah like what is the you know that's that's exciting that's, yeah look, I'm telling you the pandemic has made me interested in what does well, the pope really that's exciting <laughs> to me because yes. i think a lot of times like when you said you were going through divinity school i instantly was like i pictured you in like one of these like uh like in robes like, church like church churches <laughs> in, in front of like eight people and you were and you'd be like i speak for gaia or something and like you know robes and everything and like super hippie super liberal and so i like that you're actually kind of yeah you're you're dipping your toe a short spiky haircut right right I, right uh, <laughs> You're, but you're dipping you your toe into like conventional <laughs> institutional religion. I think that's important because I think I think so, speaking to what you're talking about, I think a lot of times when pe when gay people do really delve into religion, they mm -hmm. tend to go to these super hippie, really left left leaning, you know, big city churches, and like yeah, it might make sense to like know what what is the Pope talking about today and mm -hmm. and speak the language of the people that you might not agree with. I think that's great. Yeah. Anyway, it's been really cool. I also have taken classes at a bunch of different institutions because you right. can right now because yeah. they're all on the internet. Yeah. I and actually have a pitch really for you. I think that on your podcast, you should have um, Candace Cameron Bure on and have a deep conversation <laughs> about the Bible. I think that would be really fun. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> can you oh imagine? God, I would love to hear that. Actually, that God, that would be, really be comedy fun. gold. I mean, and also thought provoking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> would it provoke thoughts? No, right. I, can't, I can't figure out if that's what it would provoke. She would just talk about her time on The View and somehow make right. it about Jesus. I think that's really what Alan's looking for. He's looking for more vehicles to hear more things about The View. Is, it's is true. At the end of the day, what every single day I watch my view. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> who is on The View? Oh my God, who isn't oh, on, the who's on The that's View? That's more of the question oh these days. Megan, Joy Behar. Who cares? Who cares? Who knows? I know those three. Who else is on there? Megan it's... McCain and yes. Sarah Haynes. Um, yeah. Megan McCain, Sunny Hostin. Oh, Star Sunny Jones. I, I think Star Jones is on it. Not um, anymore. She was fired in the 90s. Get with it, Brent. No, I'm oh pretty God. sure she's still on, guys. <laughs> Elizabeth Hasselbeck was originally on that, right? That was in the that was in the 90s as well. Into the aughts. It's not in the 90s, but it was in the 2000s. <laughs> yes. She was part of the aughts. 
dots. Yeah. Elliot's on a 45 second delay today for some reason. Yeah. So yeah, there might be a bit of a Elliot's using using AOL from audio. 2011. <laughs> Poor Elliot. Elliot's got dial up now. Sorry. <laughs> sucks. I, oh, sucks. I asked you about Elizabeth Hasselbeck because so like when I went to when I was at BC, she mm-hmm. was cast in the first <gasps> Survivor. Survivor. Whatever the fuck of oh, the no. Survivor. Oh, she also was yeah. dating Tim Hasselbeck who was the captain of the Boston College football team. Oh. And now that you know, I live in Los Angeles, and this is my job. But I, I like, I'm from Chicago. Nobody mm-hmm. did anything in the fucking arts. Nobody no. was. I didn't know. Nobody. This wasn't. Yeah. Nobody was doing yeah. anything. You know, nobody right. had ever had a job in anything. Mm-hmm. And right. the same thing was true at BC. Like, there weren't like Tim Russett. I think is that Russert. Russert. Yeah. Russert. Who used to run? Like his. He gave my keynote address because like his kid went to BC. It was like right. that was the level of people who were like, we can't believe we booked Tim. Russert, you know, it's like <laughs> nobody has. And anyway, so when yeah. Elizabeth Hesselbeck came back to mm-hmm. BC and like, mm-hmm. because Tim was still the quarterback after she was done yeah. and what show had been bigger than Survivor yeah. and nobody else has any context for anything, mm-hmm. the way yeah. she would be mobbed on campus. Mm-hmm. She was, wow. it was a star of an echelon that yeah. I have never seen since. Wow. Michael Jackson-esque figure. Exactly. Elizabeth Hasselbeck Jackson. Wow. That's wild. I don't wild. think she like, had been... Remember when she I don't got... Think... Okay. <laughs> Remember when she got offended when Rosie O'Donnell was like, Elizabeth... <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to fill in We here. have Elliot via satellite in yeah. Paris. Elliot, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'll fill in what Elliot, I think I know exactly what Elliot's referring to. Elliot is talking about when she got offended that Elizabeth Hasselbeck wouldn't defend her on the view when uh, Fox News people would call her, and I quote, the dyke comedian, funny talk show host of The View. Like she she literally did a whole moment where she like said this on air and I was just like, Rosie flipped and I loved it. Yeah. No, it was, it was, more, I'm, I'm going to get this in before Zoom fucks me up. It was more recent when Rosie said in her book or something that she thought. Oh, a crush. Yeah, oh, that there yeah. might be a crush between yeah. the two of them. Yes. Like, right. she was saying it playfully and Elizabeth was like horrified. Horrified. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That is genius. And you know, Rosie okay, so was just sitting there woman, smiling. Elizabeth Hasselbeck, mm-hmm. like that's who I thought was a normal person. Wow. Yeah. You know, you're just raised in a way. And then, and then I turned 19. So, and then things changed, but I just mean until 19. Until 19. This was, that was a reference point for a person. Yeah. (laughs) A relatable person. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. Uh, Well, before we let you go, Cameron, tell us like about your book. Where can we buy, where, what's it called? Where can we, where can we buy it? Oh, uh, it's called Save Yourself. Uh And, um, you can buy it anywhere, but you should buy it from a local indie bookseller because right. we should. But like Barnes and Noble, I've got a Barnes and Noble right down the street. That's sort of like yeah, your indie like Barnes and Noble. Like, buy it at your indie, right. indie Barnes right. and Noble. <laughs> Actually, though, like everybody's been pushing indie booksellers, and you know that Barnes and Noble is yeah that they're really suffering. Like yeah. Amazon's right. doing fine. 
Right. Indies right. are doing fine. You know who I bet is hurting? Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. I I actually, I, literally, I actually think you're right because there's a bookstore in my hometown and it seems to be doing quite well. And everyone's always like like there and tagging pictures of themselves there. And like, I feel like no one goes to, like last time I went to Barnes and Noble, like uh, the entire first floor was like board games. Yeah. <laughs> like board oh, games and calendars. candles now. Yeah, calendars. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's in it's July and it's like calendars. But yeah, so, and so, uh, but tell us really, really quickly, what's it about? Oh, it is about, uh, it's sort of my coming out story yeah. and finding comedy. So losing faith, no longer believing that Elizabeth yeah. <laughs> yeah. is yeah. the type of person I want to be. Um, but there's some good lesbian Ooh, sex in nice. it. Ooh, um, also my Alan's mom's noise. book club, great. which is a nice thing. You know, that's awesome. Well, I can't, well, we, we are, well, we all can't wait to buy it. And thank you so much for joining us. This was so yeah, great to have you. Thank you. Where can people yeah, follow you on are, the interwebs? Yeah, good to see too. you. Oh, well, you're not going to check. Just though, Cameron right? Esposito all over the place. Yeah. I, yeah, you can follow. I mean, I do post mm-hmm. stuff. Right. I just, you just might don't not, reply. You might not. I just you might, might not slide into DMs at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My DMs okay. are full, currently full. Good to know. Uh, Cameron, thank you. So- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, but I, I just would say I really have loved speaking to all of you. But <laughs> Again, he's yeah, barely. He's, he's in Paris. He's in Paris. <laughs> I'm in space. Yeah, just I'm in up. space. Just woke up. He's uh, in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> And another thing. Okay, so uh, this video uh, showed up on a cut. It's not the cut by New York Magazine. Oh, here we go. Another vlog. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but um, it's called Cut. Anyway, this video uh, I saw um, was an, an interview. Well, no, it's not an interview. It's a sort of a questionnaire uh, called Truth or Drink with Cut. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, I, I don't even know why I keep saying cut. Sure. <laughs> because you're dreaming of cut dicks. That's what you're dreaming of. It's in your mind. It was, it was basically this, this uh, drinking game between a gay son, uh, a gay son and his gay father. And his father adopted his son as a young teenager. Right. <clears throat> and so it's, you know, a unique scenario where both the dad and the son are gay. Are you a uh, top, bottom and verse? I really like, can we just? On to the next. <laughs> Cheers, kid. <laughs> Who's the oldest person you've dated? Dated? Dated or had sex with? Both. It don't matter. I think the oldest I probably had sex with was definitely in, in their 50s. Was that for money? Shut up. Oh my God. You know, I'm going to tell you what. 50 year olds on the West Coast really know how to preserve themselves. Um, you need to put that down. Put that down. But I wanted to know what you guys thought when you watched it. I want I want to know what your experience well, was. Tell us what your thoughts were first, yeah. and I think Alan and I will jump in. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, my thoughts were, uh, this is it was a little uncomfortable for me. I mean, mm-hmm. on one hand, it was so uh, uh, revolutionary Cav- to see uh-huh. a gay man talking so openly and cavalierly with his gay son mm-hmm. about queer life. On the other hand, it was very um, dirty and there were, I was just uncomfortable with a lot of, I guess how sexual it went. And so mm-hmm. besides just besides just in terms of the video, I was wondering not just what your reactions were to the video, but what your reactions are when you try to talk about gay stuff with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I had a similar, I liked it and I thought it was sweet. Um, I think because 
you know, the father was adopted and was it adoptive? Is it, is that the right phrase? Adoptive, I think so. Adoptive, yeah. 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 Well, the father was adoptive and, you know, they entered each other's lives a little bit later. I, it made sense to me that they had perhaps a little bit more of an open relationship about like talking about sex. And, you know, I have lots of straight friends who have like, Mm-hmm. very open straight or gay but like very open like sexual conversations with their parents like i had a cousin you do <laughs> yeah i had a cousin who was like very open i think about like her sex life with her mom or something oh wow yeah i don't know um wow. so it's it's not what i do but like i i can see that there's a world for it but it still made me like it was it was a little it was a little weird it's still i hated it like i didn't finish I hated it, it. <laughs> Oh, you hated it? I thought you hated it. That's a curveball. I hated it. Only because it felt A, forced, and B, I was just like, bitch, don't make me feel things with this forced shit. There's a narrative happening here. I didn't buy any of it. I felt like I was watching a scripted thing on RuPaul's Drag Race about two gay dads (laughs) and a son. I didn't understand. Like, it's just... I don't think a. I fundamentally think that like that that sexuality and conversations around sex in the new in the way that they were having them. I don't ever want to talk to my mom about that. The gayest thing I've ever talked to my mom about is like Nathan mm-hmm. Lane. I don't want to have yeah, sexual conversations with my mom. I don't want to have. I don't have. I don't want to go anywhere near talking about sex with any of my parents. <laughs> they had the sex to get me here. That's all we need to know. know. Like let's know. move the fuck on and not have these chill conversations. I want distance from my parents. I know. Yeah. yeah I, 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 Go ahead, Elliot. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, you know, there's, I come from a, fa- a family with zero boundaries, for better right, or worse. Right. <laughs> and so I'm sure if they wanted to know more, they would ask, but uh, <clears throat> they would hesitate to ask my parents, that is. But mm-hmm. we are open about, you know, dating and stuff. And then my- That's different. Yeah, I'm saying that's different. When it comes to, I mean, again, with this video, I was just like, Oof, like that is some that's some like intense sexual yeah. stuff that his dad is teasing the son about and vice versa. And it um I guess on one hand I'm like, I guess you know what? I think I would be less uncomfortable with it if it weren't mm-hmm. his father. If it were more like a mentor, I guess, or like a cousin or something, it would feel less well, because uh, a cousin you uh, could sleep with. <laughs> sure. But I guess I, I, I but I but I don't know. The fact that it's his dad, something about it just it just felt a little inappropriate and, and yeah. I, by no means am I like do I come from a, a you know a, a sort of quiet family where nothing is spoken about, but it's this was just this was a, a little much for me. It was, mm-hmm. I will say, like as I started sort of my career and doing things and the different things that I would do, a lot of it, I mean, I was pretty open about sexuality and sex and like different things. And my mom actually once there was some video I did, I, I think it was on some TV thing. I forget, but she watched it and she gathered all of her friends and family because she was wanting to support me. It was like when I first started doing comedy. And in the video, I didn't really, I just kind of flippantly told her what I was working on, not thinking it was a big deal. And in the video, I had to be a character that gave essentially fellatio to like tiny wieners, like tiny sausages. (laughs) And she gathered all of these Mormons to watch this video of me essentially giving head to a sausage. And and, and she called me- Wait, that was on TV? (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, she, yeah, it had to have been because she wouldn't know how to do (laughs) YouTube. And and she literally was like, well, that was interesting. I just, yeah, I'm glad you could pay rent. You know, my my mom is always like, I I know, um, she still doesn't know the difference between a podcast and a website, but she does also want to listen to our podcast. Don't let her. 
and and I've been like, no, I'm no. sorry, I can't. You can't. No, I don't. And... I don't. I don't want. I don't. I mean, want my that. mom will listen. Ellie, but your like... parents listened at first, and I think they tuned out because I I kept talking about how slutty you are. <laughs> yeah, or, which, uh, yeah. But then what's funny is that my uh, they don't want they first of all they don't want to hear that even if it is fictional, Brent. Fictional. They don't want to hear it. You're sitting but, on a butt plug. <laughs> The funny, the funny, the funny, the funny addendum is that I think, like, I don't think, I don't think I was out for a year before my sister was like dying to know if I topped, if I bought. She oh, would know. Yeah, she right, would want to know right. every crevice of my sexual life if I. And she tries to enforce hers on me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. I don't want to hear yeah. this. Yeah. And I'm wondering, uh, no. do does yeah. Dev? How much does Devin know or ask about? Oh, we 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 don't we don't get into we don't get into that stuff. So you talk about uh, relationships. Oh, of course. And my my brother and sister in law are the best. Uh, are the best. We've always been very open. They, I remember when, you know, before they had kids, they were always like, "You can bring guys back if you want." Like whenever I would visit yeah. Boston, but I was like, "I am not yeah, doing no. that." No. Um, I'm also always convinced everyone I bring back is going to murder me. So I'm like, I don't want to like <laughs> bring that. Like, I don't want to bring that into like a family's home. But um. They did but, have yeah. a show on ID Channel about that killer at home or killer holidays <laughs> or something. So Ooh. you could, you could. I mean, I'm just saying, get some money. What would, would your, your aunt, aunt say? say, Brent? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? I don't know much about Elliot, and I don't believe much that you say, Brent. <laughs> but I believe you that he's slutty. <laughs> well, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> My mom would, my, uh, my mom, oh my God. <laughs> right. My Aunt Joanne would, you know what? We could skip it because it, it was going to be a sexual thing and I don't even want to go there. Oh, well then I got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. Go ahead, go ahead. My Aunt Anne would say, you know, I can relate to Elliot because oh I don't know, I don't do nipple clamps, but I do wear those bright wired bras that sometimes they get right in the sensitive area yeah. and it just, yeah. well, I kind of like it sometimes, you know? Oh, no, I don't like where it. this ended up. I don't like yeah. where this ended up. You know, Elliot recently bought $5,000 platinum nipple clamps. Yep. Did you know that? Yeah, it's an investment. <laughs> No, it's an investment for the future. Are. <laughs> I don't even know what they are. He said it's twenty five hundred dollars a titty. That's how he said. Yep. It. That's that's yep. what he oh said. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm not a slut. <laughs> I love how you. I love how you kind of petered out at the end because you even you were. I'm not a like, slut. I'm not a slut. I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. I am a slut. <laughs>